And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. This is my public life as an American nerd. I'm Kevin, and joining me today, as usual, as always, Mr. Christian Nakorda. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Happy New Year, Kevin. <sighs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, it is the first day of the year. Um, I hope everyone had a safe and happy New Year and is going to have a very prosperous 2023. Uh, it's the only thing we can hope especially the last few years. <laughs> um, I'm happy to say goodbye to 2022 in a way. Um, not, you know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't a 2020, but it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it felt about the same and, uh, you know, hopefully 2023 is going to be a bright, beautiful year for all of us. And we're going to, you know, I, I think, I think collectively as, as a species, we, we deserve a good 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we can make it happen. Um, and how we do that, you know, be positive, stay positive, be good to each other, be nice to each other. Just be, be good people. Let's go be good people going into yeah. 2023, uh, make a difference out there. Do what you want to do. Go for your dreams. Do what you, I mean, don't be selfish. But yeah, be selfish a little bit, you know. Go out but there. Let's let's help each dreams. other achieve all of our dreams. That's, exactly. There we go. Exactly. Because you could do that. Because um, you know, there's a certain filmmaker that's chasing his dreams right now and <laughs> he's making a lot of money doing it. And um, so first of all, I'm trying to do some math here. So I'm trying to figure out. So the number being thrown around, uh, James Cameron had said that Avatar needs to make at least two billion dollars worldwide to break even. Um, today the film hit one point. 38 billion dollars right so it's it's there it's almost there but the two billion dollars to break even just doesn't seem right i i don't know if my math's off or or any of this and i i understand how you know production works and you have to you know account for uh, advertising and and stuff like that um but the budget for this movie it was 350 to 460 million dollars no one really knows of course because it's james cameron and um i just don't know why how it has to make two billion worldwide right because um, usually you take like the actual budget for the production of everything and then you, you would typically what double it to to give yeah. yourself some room for advertising so the so just real quick, the 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 basic breakdown is the mythology. I'm getting all this from a website called Dark Horizons, which is a really really reputable, great um, movie website. Mm-hmm. Um, you take the film's budget, add fifty percent again for its marketing costs, and then double that amount because exhibitors will take half the gross. Right, right. So you have to account for all of that. Uh, so you basically add fifty percent, double it, and then you should have your thing. Um, so according to that math. It needed to make at least one point thirty-eight billion dollars to break even, which right. happened today. Um, so the question is, yeah, where's the two billion dollar number come from? Exactly. Um, um, go ahead. I, I I would assume like he a lot of what he's like not necessarily talking. I mean, he's talked about it, so that's not the right like phrase. But I, I would assume that a lot of what he's calculating into this is the money spent on developing a lot of the technology to make it right over the last 12 years or however long it's been 
I think you just answered my question. There you go. There's the math right there. That makes a lot of sense. But like a billion? Like, a you billion. know, or you know what I mean? $700 million for that? Like, I mean, he's probably building more submarines. Building, <laughs> you know, he's going down to the Titanic. You know, he's uh, he's doing all these things. You know, he's he's going to Pandora. Right. Like, he's he's, he's making way. Pandora. So. He's making Pandora. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I still wow. haven't seen it. Uh, we are actually going to see it tomorrow. So to, we're, we're recording this on the first. We are going mm-hmm. to see it tomorrow morning. Um, oh, you know, cool. New, okay. new tickets. We're going to check it out. We got 3D showing and everything. We're going all out. Um, yeah, I have not seen it yet either. Um, you know, words generally good. Um, I mean, it's James Cameron. Like, I've seen so many memes of like people like crying in the theater. And it was like, all the the people who are hating on the first movie complaining about why is there a sequel and they're just like in amazement and eyes full of wonder and that's the thing right it's like one of those things where it's like so i can't i still am not like super excited to see it like not gonna lie like it's not something that's at the super top of my list but i know i'm gonna walk out of it and 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 i hate kind of judging movies before I see it, but I know I'm going to walk out of it and my mind's going to be blown to some extent over mm. something. Right. Um, and that's the power of movies. And I think that's what a good movie does, whether or not it's an Oscar worthy movie or, 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 you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, a big epic, you know, blockbuster or whatever movies should just have that effect on you, like walking out of the theater and it should have some sort of um, uh, effect on how you think and and if you have your mind blown even if it's just like the last like 30 minutes that's good enough right like right. i mean um you know we've talked about the first one quite a bit on here i believe uh wasn't it's still not like one of my favorite movies but i watching it in theaters was a spectacle and it was fun and i'm i'm excited to see what this one what this one brings that's a i'm excited i know i know going into it that it's just going to be spectacle right like i'm not looking for like a deep you know, emotional story. I'm right. just looking for, you know, big blue people running around and shooting things and it looking beautiful. Right? I mean, I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm hoping oh, yeah. to be like really touched by the story and like, wow, okay, this is what was missing from the first one. And absolutely, you know, I feel like, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to like expect it to be bad, especially like Yeah, I don't particularly think it's gonna be bad at all. Yeah, he's the king of sequels, man. Like he's who's who he has like the two of the best sequels ever under his belt, you know. So he I can't expect this to be I'm hoping it's better than the original at the very least. So same and and um a lot of people I know and trust have already put it you know they put it on their top ten list for the year. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's it's something that, you know, people are responding to, people are liking. And, you know, I think another thing people need to remember, especially about the first Avatar compared to this one, is that that was creating the world, right? Like that was introducing us to it. That was showing us what's going on. This one, he can just, uh, you know, all, 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 you know, all bets are off. Like he could do whatever right. he wants in this world because we've already been there. We know what it is. And yeah, so hopefully he does that. And I'm really excited to check it out. Um, maybe we'll talk about it next weekend. I kept yeah. hearing, um, like, it was all over TikTok. There was some some woman who reviewed it, and she was, like, considering, you know, now, like, looking at the movie in a, in a post-get-out world. And I was like, what the hell is she talking about? What are you doing? But, 
But then, like, I kind of, like, somebody else kind of explained it a lot better instead of just kind of glazing over it. And, like, you know, I don't want to spoil Get Out, but, like, you know, the whole premise of it was to, you know, take over somebody. Like, you know, put your your mind into another person. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, now that makes sense. So, I'm like, because at first I was like, get the hell out of here. Like, and then now I'm like, oh, but I never heard the rest of, like, what she had to say. So now right. I'm kind of like interested, uh, but I, I don't want to like go into it with that kind of mindset. I just kind of want to be able to enjoy it. So, and yeah. I'm sure that wasn't necessarily the intention, you know what I mean? Like behind the whole thing. So I don't Absolutely. know. Interesting though. For sure. No, definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some Netflix news a little bit. Um, Glass Onion has premiered on Netflix. Um, it came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, have you had a chance to watch it yet? Uh, I've been on, I've been weirdly binging other things and I haven't okay, gotten no. around to it, but yeah, I, I think this week I, I'm planning on watching it. Oh, perfect. No, absolutely. You definitely should check it out. Um, anyways, it's, a. Uh, I think it's considered a hit for Netflix. Um, it's that so all these things are just so sometimes this gives me a little bit of a headache. I'm taking off my glasses right now because <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like it's like so Netflix has been really they're normally pretty cagey about what their numbers are, right? Like so like streaming in general, they don't do numbers very well. They don't like to um expose them, they don't like to reveal what their numbers are. Lately, though, I feel like every like movie, every TV show, everything that premieres on a streaming service is always their biggest thing, <laughs> right? It's like every time something new comes out, the biggest stream thing on Netflix in, you know, five years or since the last one or whatever. Um, they revealed today or, or, you know, a few days ago that um, Glass Onion is their sixth highest debut on the streaming service with 86.3 was it 86.3 sorry my my brain or sorry 82.1 million hours watched um from what i understand about how netflix collects that data is if you just have it on for a certain amount of time i think it's like 10 minutes 15 minutes it counts as a watch and they count those minutes and then they add them all up towards the end um Right, because it's not views, it's hours watched. It's hours watched, right. right. So like, at le- I think at least if you watch like 10 minutes of it, it counts as a watch and they count that number towards whatever number. The, the, yeah, the total. Um, <clears throat> and of course, there's movies that came in before it. Like there's Red Red Notice, which I think is the biggest one um, for the, the streaming service, which had Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, which is a movie I actually quite like. I quite, it was I fun. It. I thought it was really fun. Um, one hundred and forty-eight point seventy-two million hours viewed. Um, so Netflix is able to kind of get away with this because, I mean, first of all, I do think a lot of people did watch it because it's the sequel to. Well, I hesitate calling it a sequel to Knives Out because it's really not. It's mm-hmm. just kind of the next chapter in the story because it has nothing to do with Knives Out except for right. the character Benoit Blanc. Um, but you know, of course, a lot of people are going to watch it. But like, you know, you've had it happen before. I've had it happen before. Where if you're just watching something, it'll just automatically start something else maybe next, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it, it it doesn't do it as often anymore, but I know it used to do it a lot. I don't know how off, how long ago it stopped. Um, so I don't really know what these numbers mean, what the sixth highest, you know, the sixth highest, per, you know, premiere on their, their service means. Um, I'm assuming that's a big, th- that's a good thing. You know, their sixth biggest film debut. Um 
of course, we already know Ryan Johnson is locked for a sequel, another sequel, at least one more. Um, I mean, are how are are streaming services going to you know going forward? How do they? I, first of all, I'm still trying to having a hard time how understanding how how Netflix is is actually affording all of these movies and TV shows, right? Like, I last I heard they were in major debt. Like, like, it's insane to me. Like, how can you spend you know I don't know a hundred, you know a hundred million dollars on all these movies? Probably more than that, to be honest. Right, right. And be expected to make a profit. Like, you got to imagine all the investors and everything are like, dude, like, where's our money? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, and Netflix doesn't have advertisers, right? Like, they don't have advertisers on the service. Um, that's just interesting to me. It's it's just fascinating how it even works. I mean, um, like, because you see, you see ads. I mean, I see ads for Disney Plus all the time. If you're just like going through YouTube. Right. Like, you know, you'll see. And for whatever reason, I see like the what Falcon Winter Soldier ads still. Like, oh my gosh. Like, that's all the time. one thing I see the most. Uh, but yeah, Netflix very famously kind of doesn't really advertise. It's like they really rely on you just, it's word of mouth, really. Um, like, they, they kind of got lucky, I think, twice this year between the like, Chrissy, wake up. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. TikTok, and mm. then the whole like, oh, dance, dance, dance like the Wednesday <laughs> stuff got really really viral and i think but i kind of i kind of talked about that when i was like talking about sandman like you know i think there are other shows who are really deserving of that attention but just doesn't have that like viral moment and that doesn't right. mean that it it's not deserving of the attention you know like uh it's it's unfortunate i i kind of wish they actually would put something into it i do really think they need to abandon that whole like the the binge system oh like, i hate the binge system like, i really they, do they because i mean it's just so unfair for like some of these fantastic shows that are like really only in like the public zeitgeist for like a week or two mm-hmm. and then it's on to the next thing meanwhile like really terrible shows people are, are like talking about it for a good like you know two months two and a half months um yeah. you know just because it's on a weekly release basis or uh system so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they get rid of that, especially, you know, Stranger Things. I think the last season could really benefit from that. And you know. I think so, too, because it's funny because I it's still here. So I know like House of the Dragon has been over for a few weeks now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's finale. I still hear about House of the Dragon. Yeah. Like it's still something people are talking about. Um, Stranger Things season four. I heard, you know, I hear the you know, the Chrissy wake up stuff and everything like that on TikTok. But after that, like even Wednesday, Wednesday it came and went so fast. Yeah. Like the, I haven't heard anyone talk about it since like the first week, maybe two weeks, people were talking about it. Oh, it's done. Right. It's done. But even these shows that have the weekly things, they, they're, they seem to be talked about longer, even after their run is done because you have all of these, all these things that build up and everything and people can't stop building that up in their heads. So they keep on talking about, which is fantastic. Um, and I think I also think um, when it comes to their feature films, some like Glass Onion, it had a week in theaters. Like this movie could have been huge. It could have made a lot of money for Netflix, and it did for that first week. I don't know why they're leaving money on the table like that. Like they are 
leaving so much money. And I understand like theaters are just kind of getting on board with Netflix, right? So like there was a long time where nobody would play Netflix movies because it was going to go to streaming and they would get no profit from it. But I don't know if it's because theaters are dying, you know, because theaters need help right now. They're allowing it. But Regal, AMC, all these big chains that weren't allowing it before, they show Glass Onion, which is fantastic. I think Netflix could have benefited hard from a, you know, at least a month release. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have it out for like a month and then have it out for the month of November. Then wait a couple weeks and release it on Netflix. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I would have understood that this if this was like a year ago, you know what I mean? But like same. this being like November of 2022, yeah. I, I kind of, there's not really a reason for them to have just had a week long release. No, not at all. I, and, they, I, and it's like Disney plus has adopted pretty much almost, I mean, except for some movies, but they've adopted the 45 day um, release model. I think Netflix should do the same thing if they yeah. can get in, get into with these theaters and have 45 days and then go to the service. That's revenue for them. That's revenue for the um, theaters. Um, but then, you know, someone pointed out um, on another podcast I was listening to, they can do that, but Netflix is a streaming service. Like that's right. their business. Um, so of course they don't want to push the theatrical as much because uh, they want people to stay home and watch Netflix. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I think the model's a little bit skewed and I, I don't know if it's because Again, we're theater people, right? Like, I love going to the theater, no matter how small the movie is. Like, I'd much rather go watch, you know, the Banshees have been sharing in theaters than on HBO Max. Yeah. But it didn't show, show uh, open up at a bunch of theaters, you know, it, it opened up in these smaller theaters. Um, I only like doing that. On, I'm not even going to lie. I like doing that because I get to have the time to myself. I get to actually just focus and watch the movie. Yeah. At home and stuff. So many distractions, so much other stuff going on that it's yeah. hard to really focus on movies sometimes. Um, and it's just, I enjoy the experience of it. Like, it, I know, enjoy, yeah, I, it's difficult sometimes because, you know, you can't predict the other people in the theater and yeah, sometimes that, that yeah. can be really bad but like sometimes i like that like i i enjoy going to a midnight release of a movie especially like the big superhero movies um you know i it's like that experience of endgame you know mm-hmm. the experience oh, yeah. of like you know um no way home you know like uh, seeing that with the big crowd on opening weekend is just like it's well, awesome Movies are designed like that now, though, right? Like, watch No Way Home at home and, like, look for all those awkward little silences where they're expecting audience (laughs) applause. Pause for applause, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, it's insane. And that's how movies are designed to be viewed with other people, especially these big blockbuster action movies, superheroes, even comedies and... comedies and horror like horror to me is the, the one of the best ways to experience it is in theater with right. a bunch of people a comedy is the same way like try watching i remember i watched the hangover in theaters i saw it at home i had a few laughs but i don't i didn't laugh nearly as hard as i did with an audience you know yeah it could be the yeah. element of surprise that that whole thing's gone with the what actually happens in the movie but like things like that like those are things that we're missing out on by theaters Unfortunately, COVID, I don't, I hate to say this, but I feel like it's kind of a death nail for uh, theater chains. I mean, hopefully uh, not. Movies, yeah. What's that? Hopefully not. Hopefully but, not. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. movies like Top Gun, you have all these movies that mm-hmm. are bringing, you know, bringing people, but I, I don't, 
I don't think it's it's going to be enough, to be honest. And I think it's going to have to become an experience and a thing all of its own. It's going to have to be its own theme park, so to speak, right? Like, yeah. Have to, you know, I think the future of, I hate to say this, but the future of Star Wars, the future of Marvel, um, specifically those two are on Disney Plus, Streaming, right? The TV right. shows, yeah. like that's just what it's going to be. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you might have like one or two Avengers movies pop up on the big screen, which would be awesome. Um, um, that's that's kind of an interesting point too. I don't know if you saw this, but like WB is taking a, a couple of like animated DC uh, things off of um, HBO Max. And- I didn't see that. So they, I, I don't know what what it is exactly, um, but there were a couple of things that were coming off of it, and then that kind of coupled with the idea that Disney has announced that they are not going to be releasing some of like the Marvel Disney Plus stuff on physical media. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I, there's we're still kind of figuring out how this whole streaming thing works, especially yeah, we were kind of forced into it with the pandemic as well, you know, and now that we're kind of I don't know, hopefully getting out of the whole pandemic. Like, I mean, this was an amazing year for movies. I think personally, I think we, we've we got probably since Absolutely. 20, I think so too. Um, and like, you know, and we're still, the, the theaters are still struggling, you know. Um, we had a couple of months at the end of summer there where it was like, we need a big movie, you know, like the theaters needed it. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, it, it's this kind of weird thing where now it's like, we're just kind of forced to, to, we can't own movies anymore or own like the media that we want because we just have to rely that we can catch it on streaming and then they're not going to take it off. You know, like, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little messy, but very messy, very messy. how it goes when something's new. Absolutely. So yeah, hopefully, you know, um, hopefully 2023 is a year of more uh, transparency. We actually kind of get a little bit better grasp of what's happening uh, with all these streaming services and stuff um, and moving forward, be smooth sailing, right? That's what we can only hope for. So let's hope for that. Speaking of streaming, I just want to bring this up real quick. There's a uh, Stanley documentary. um, It's going to be premiering on Disney Plus sometime in 2023. Um, It didn't really give us much information. There's a teaser trailer out, but it'll be all about his life and his uh, contribution to um, pop culture. So comic books, movies, TV, all that stuff. So um, just kind of want to talk about, I just kind of want to bring that up real quick. Uh, I think it's just called Stan Lee. Uh, It's going to be on Disney plus check out the trailer. Um, It's, you know, showing on youtube wherever you you get all that stuff um but yeah i mean i'm excited for it i think it's going to be fantastic i think he had left such a an imprint on pop culture that it's hard to deny and um i I think people like him you know these these really there's all these you know people don't know you know there's all these behind the scenes drama and everything with every person that you you right of course any celebrity any creator is going to have that um but I believe he left like as much a mark on pop culture as someone like, you know, Jim Henson did or, mm-hmm. you know, any of these kind of visionaries, um, any of these people who kind of changed the game for a lot of stuff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I can assume you are, too, as well, Christian. I grew up on Stanley. I remember like I used to collect the Marvel cards back in like 1990. And there was like a Stanley card and half of his face was like Stanley. And the other half was like oh, that's Iron cool. Man or Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, enough said. Like mm-hmm. that was like one of his his big things and Excelsior. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, like he's kind of responsible for creating so much of like our modern American mythology. 
you know absolutely um, you know i i think like with between spider-man and x like i i don't want to get too deep into this but like the whole thing with like bob kane and, and batman and like how he's given so much credit for batman and i don't like giving bob kane so much like if you guys want right. to look into the story between like bob kane and and like bill finger and like the whole thing and like I don't know. Bob Kane comes off like such a hack to me, but you know, I, and I'm not saying that like Stanley was perfect either. Cause you know, there was a lot of other people, Jack Kirby mm-hmm. and like, you know what I mean? Um, John Romita that like helped along the way, but he had so much more like direct um, influence on the influence on, on like yeah. those characters that he created too. And just so many between like, you know, the fantastic four, Spider-Man, like, Namor, Iron Man, um, you know, mm-hmm. X Men just keep, keeps going. You know, it's like, just like you brought up Bob Finger. Like he's barely getting recognition for the stuff he did with Batman. Right. Like he's, you know, his name's getting thrown on credits and stuff now. Finally, finally, because yeah. you know Bob Kane was doing his thing. And again, yeah. that's something I want to get onto here. Right, right, but, right. But like, you know, it's important people get recognition for what they did. So whatever kind of ha- you know, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, all that stuff. You know, we. We don't know, you know, we know what we know. And right. hopefully it was done amicably and everything was done properly. And then, right. uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I, I like going into documentaries like that too, especially, or like reading books about these people when it's, um, when they kind of, they don't bring up these issues, but they acknowledge these issues at least to an extent, right? Like they, you know, I, I that's one thing I really, really enjoyed about the the Mickey Mouse documentary that was on Disney Plus. Like they didn't shy away from like all the all the you know the bad stuff in the company with the you know the cartoons, especially in the 30s yeah. and 40s. Um, they didn't shy away from that. They talked about it. They were very upfront. They were like, "Listen, it is a corporate flood fleece. I get it. They're not going to be completely honest, but they brought it up. They acknowledged the past." And they, you know, were, were talking about it openly and we're like, look, this is not what we intended. This is not how they intended it, but it happened, you know, they're sorry for it. And, and, you know, the, the view of the company has changed and it's a lot better. So hopefully documentaries like this can kind of shed some light on those issues as well and kind of let people kind of make up their own minds. And I really, really appreciate when documentaries and books yeah. and that so um so keep an eye out for that that's coming to disney plus in 2023 um so christian uh our our main topic today this one's an interesting one because um you know let's talk about divisive characters we're going to talk about people who who are in in the public perception of them is very very split right (laughs) not to pun intended um is very very um you know, some people love them, some people hate them. Um, I unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but I think it's more on the latter. I think most people have kind of, when they see his name, they either shiver with fear um, or they're just not, you know, they kind of know what they're going to get at this point and they're not sure if they want to go on the journey with him. Um, Of course, we are talking about the great the fantastic, the visionary director, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, we are talking about him, of course, because he actually has a new movie coming out on Feb- in February 3rd, I believe, um, called Knock at the Cabin, which I'm not going to lie. I think it looks fantastic. Um, 
It stars uh, Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge. Uh, let me make sure I got his name real quick. Yeah, and Ben Aldridge uh, as a couple who who go on a, uh, with their newly adopted daughter, they take her out to a cabin, um, kind of as a family vacation. And then um, here comes Dave Bautista and Rupert Grint and um, some other fantastic actors. They come knocking on the door and stuff's about to go down. Apparently there's uh, an apocalypse coming. And they are apparently the horsemen. And that is all that we know. Um, they torture this poor family, it seems, from the trailer. Um, you know, saying they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, so first, uh, what are your thoughts on that movie? Are you excited to see it? Are you going to check it out? I will get into the discussion about him in a little bit, but initial thoughts. on that. I, It looks, the trailer looks good. Um, I I love Dave Bautista. I adore Jonathan Groff. Like, oh, I anything that guy's in Mindhunter is, but obviously Hamilton. Like, is, I think he's he's King George to me. He'll always yeah. be King George. But like, he, you know, I haven't watched uh, Mindhunter, mm-hmm. but I hear he's fantastic in great, it. Great. Um, I I like them. I I am one of the few apologists for the Matrix. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is true. Revolutions? Mm-hmm. Oh, re- revolutions, right? Yeah. Yeah, revolutions. Right. I think yeah. I think it's revolution. No, Matrix Resurrections. One of them. <laughs> I think it's resurrection. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Like I I honestly had not seen him pass like Hamilton, not gonna lie. But then once I saw him do that, you know, the, the Mr. Anderson thing from you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like lost my mind. I was like, this dude's like freaking amazing. Um, and I think he's, I've seen him in interviews and stuff. Seems like a really, really classy guy. And then I've seen clips from Mindhunter and stuff where he really gets deep and dark. Oh God. He's yeah. fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm on board with you. I think it looks great. I think, uh, I, I do. I really, really, I love Dave Bautista. I think he's fantastic. And I think, um, who is it? Ryan Johnson. Just this week. About, yeah, yeah. He said that he's the best wrestler turned actor. turned actor um and i it's, it's hard for me to disagree to be honest um i think the rock the rock is great um i know we had a whole bashing session on the rock <laughs> not too long ago but i think he's very charismatic very good person mm-hmm. like just he's a good you know he stays in his lane he's a good actor but i think dave putista is truly he's an actor like he can do anything yeah. you know a blade runner you know 2049 he's He's doing, you know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's, you know, something like Knives or Glass Onion. <laughs> you know, he plays different characters every time. Um, yeah, and he, you, he kind of really like considering who he is and what he looks like. He really disappears in his role. Um, yeah, and yeah, he actually is acting. He's not like a one note person. And no. also, yeah, you know, you go to the Rock's movies because you you're going to see the Rock. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, and then also, oh my God, I can't think of his name. Peacemaker. Um, oh, John Cena. John Cena is, I, in the beginning wasn't on board, um, right. but after, after, um, seeing Peacemaker after, oh, yeah. like 100%. I'm all, I'm on board with him too, but I think he kind of has his thing too. I thought he was a oh, train wreck. I thought he was hilarious in train wreck. I don't know. If yes. He's, train wreck. he's, he's I a, know. I think he's that's where fun. he's like golden is like when he's doing yeah. comedy. Um, yeah, 
But I, yeah, I feel like Dave can do it all. Like he can be, you know, he, and just look at who he's worked with. He's worked with like Ryan Johnson. He's worked with, you know, Dunn. Yeah. He's worked with Danny Velenu. Like, you know, he's he's worked with some of the best directors working right now. Yeah, um, and he's he's also a very, very uh, outspoken advocate for uh, the LGBTQ community, awesome. which I love. You know, his yeah. parents, his moms, um, you know, raised by, you know, mm gay mothers which i think is fantastic um so yeah the dude's like kind of the whole package right yeah genuinely yeah. good dude um anyways um batista if you ever want to come on the show please <laughs> we'd love, love to, to have chat you. With you um yes. but uh i think the movie looks good and i think um yeah so, so so let's just get into it a little bit because i do feel like um M. Night Shyamalan, again, I feel like he is one of the most divisive directors out there, but I also respect him because he's also one of the most, um, I don't want to say visionary, but he does what he wants to do. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't let anybody tell him like, no, like he just, he makes these movies. He's passionate about what he does and he's a really good filmmaker. Like you can say whatever you want about his movies, but I mean, he, he knows how to shoot a movie. Like he, yeah. you know, grew up idolizing people like Steven Spielberg and like all these people. And he, you know, early on in his career, people were like, this is the next Steven Spielberg, right? Like yeah. people were like comparing him to Spielberg. They were saying this guy is going to be what Steven Spielberg is today. Um, it did not happen, <laughs> but I think I still, so he kind of started out, you know, when he was younger, he did, he did a couple uh, independent kind of, I don't even say student films, but they were super low budget movies. Um, I'm not sure if you're kind of aware of either of these movies. Uh, Playing with Anger was a uh, autobiograph autobiographical story about him kind of growing up in a in Philly as a kid, um, as an immigrant, or not an immigrant, but as someone who was born in a different country, was born in India. Um, ended up in Philadelphia and grew up in Philadelphia. Um, then there's Wide Awake, which I I have seen. I saw it a long time ago, and it was it wasn't before you know he became big or anything. But I did see it along the way, kind of knowing it was him. Um, and Wide Awake has a heck of a cast. I mean, it's Rosie got you O'Donnell, know, Rosie O'Donnell, Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary, uh, Dana Delaney, Joseph Cross uh, as as the kid. Um, and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I mean, as far as your first movie goes, you know, I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like that was, it was made in 90 or it came out in 98, but as far as I know, it came, he made it before the sixth sense, uh, came out. Um, so yeah, so Sixth Sense, of course, was his big break in 1999. That was the movie that people went to. Oh no, yeah. So it came out in 98. Sixth Sense came out in 99. It is the movie that I I feel like. Uh, I don't mean to get morbid or anything like that, but you know, when these filmmakers die, they have these you know eulogies saying such and such filmmaker. Mm -hmm. It's going to be. Sure. It's going to be the Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense yeah. is going to be on his tombstone. Mm -hmm. It's going to be everywhere when he passes away. Um, again, I hope I hope he does not. I hope he does not. I think he's fantastic. Um, so the Sixth Sense, I remember I was working at the theater when it came out. I had somebody spoil the ending for me while they. Oh no. Um, so just beware if you guys haven't seen any of these, any M. Night Shyamalan movies, there will be spoilers. Um, so just yeah. be aware of that. Um, so I had a spoil for me before I went in to go watch it. I was working as an usher. You got to hold the doors open. People come out and they're talking about it. And of course, they're all like, oh, I had no idea he was dead the whole time, um, which kind of put a damper on it. But I still watched it and I still like 
I was waiting for the reveal, like, cause you don't know when the reveal is going to happen. Um, but I still think it's a, it's a solid, solid supernatural thriller. Like, I think it's honestly, it's not my favorite of his, um, to be honest. I mean, it's still like really good. I, one of my, my favorites is actually his next one coming up. Um, but Bruce Willis is fantastic in it. And it is funny watching that movie. Like after you kind of know the big twist, and looking for those but, yeah like looking for you know this person's not talking to him and it's funny one thing that did strike me while i was watching it again like a while back was the movie tends to cut in in the middle of scenes like a lot of scenes so you just assume he was talking to this person or whatever and it just kind of seems like he might have been but it doesn't show him not talking to them but it doesn't show him talking to them either right. so it's kind of one of those weird mind games things where you're trying to figure out you know you assume he's talking but he, he obviously wasn't um do you uh, what are your thoughts on the sixth sense are you i love it i remember because i luckily did not get that spoiled for me and that <laughs> good, rev- good. you know like experiencing that in the theater like you know i was i was still in high school i think i was a junior in high school when i saw it and i was like my mind was blown i was like oh my god (laughs) um i think 90 like here's the thing like not every movie is like oh do you don't want this spoiled for you because not every movie has a spoiler no absolutely not but m night's movies are very much there's Mm -hmm. there's, like what a twist um but like i i think also that year was also fight club uh 99 was uh, fight club is my number one favorite movie i love there's Fincher. a whole book dedicated to 1999 by the way yeah film like yep. it's insane the matrix like yeah it's it's, it's a crazy crazy year i think like 94 and 99 um mm-hmm. are like big but i mean all through the 90s i, I mean obviously absolutely I'm a 90s kid, but um yeah i i remember and i remember seeing fight club in the theater and having that same fight club really got me because i leaving the theater i was like looking at my friend pat and i'm like are you my tyler durden like <laughs> are you even real like what is, I, I was questioning everything um but yeah the sixth sense really really shook me um uh, but yeah i think it's also not exactly my favorite here's the thing he's so polarizing because he created some of the greatest like some of the best films like absolutely because, you know that um the next one we're going to talk about signs which yeah. I, I adore signs you know, and he also made some of the worst, like mm-hmm. the last airbender. Um, what is the one with Mark Wahlberg? Oh, um, the happening. Oh my god. Yeah. That was supposed to be a big deal, like his first rated R movie, and it was uh it uh, was it was not happening. <laughs> no, no, it was quite terrible. Um, so, dude, sorry, I want to do a whole know. podcast on Fight Club now, man. We gotta do that. I, um, yes, um, I, I love Fight I, um, Club so much. Same. Me, um, I, the book is awesome but like i love oh the movie. yeah yeah dude even chuck peloniak's like dude the the movie's better than my book <laughs> like go yeah. watch the movie um, it was because i went i went i've read uh, like a lot of his books um, oh i i i like i i've read quite a few chuck peloniak books i'm still yeah. waiting for i even did you ever watch the movie choke i i did i love that book dude. and the i just feel like it deserved a bigger i love sam rockwell so yeah yeah, um, I thought the movie was fantastic. I thought it was really, really well done. And I'm waiting for the Blu-ray for that because it needs to come out. They were talking about doing like a lullaby movie um, or yeah. series on HBO. Like it, it, so far we haven't seen anything. Um, got yeah. to meet him, talk to him once. Um, and I was like, wow. yeah, it, he was doing a book because he lives over here in Portland and he does oh, book signings all the time. Cool. 
and um we uh i got to you know meet he got to sign you know a copy of uh haunted and uh uh fight club the the graphic novel the fight club two yeah and uh, i asked him about that i was like so what's going on like are there any movies like what is is lullaby happening like what's happening he's like dude he's like i nothing's happening he's like i'm just gonna be honest with you he wasn't upset or anything he was just like i wish i knew more than you do he's like unfortunately i have no idea i don't have really much control over that but he's like hopefully we get he was really excited to get something going but uh yeah Yeah. super cool guy super i I love his writing like you can tell how much like how much research he does when because it just yeah i'm like he's just like an expert on everything that he writes about absolutely dude have you have you ever read the book house of leaves no it's this new book that I'm reading right now. It's a horror. It's kind of like, I, I like to describe it as uh, House on Haunted Hill meets uh, Blair Witch Project written by Chuck Palahniuk. Because um, there are these, these these segments in it where this dude's kind of recounting another book that he read about a documentary. Um, but it's kind of got the same like Chuck Palahniuk vibe. So like the same kind of dialogue and the same kind of story structure almost. Um, it's it's a really, really interesting book. But uh, uh he also wrote this book about traveling through Portland and like just all the things to do in Portland and stuff, but like more of like oh, the cool. sketchy, shady stuff that not that's a lot cool. of people know about. Um, so yeah, anyways, I love uh, Palahniuk and the Fight Club and all that stuff. So um, yeah, Sixth Sense, good. People are excited. People are on board with M. Night Shyamalan. Um, then he comes out with Unbreakable. Yes. Um, so Unbreakable... You go in and you see, I don't know if you remember the trailer, but the trailer was just the train scene. So it, it kind of shows some stuff from the train, shows him, you know, the doctors talking to him about how it's like the voiceover of the doctor basically being like, you're in, you know, talking about how nobody survived. And he's the only person who has, uh, how do you survive with no broken bones? <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, so you go into it, not sure what to expect, but then it's an undercover comic book movie <laughs> like it's an undercover superhero movie before superhero movies yes were superhero movies um that was the twist i mean that I, i'm not even going to call it a twist per se because i feel like even if you know what it is it's still going to be an excellent movie for yeah. you um but that kind of blew my mind a little bit i was like this is a superhero movie like this is something that we've tried to get before but weren't successful at i do feel like you know blade came out a little bit before that and i really like blade i thought blade the first one was really well done um but for a long time we weren't getting superhero movies um and then blade comes out and then this comes out and i just thought it was a fantastic superhero movie a great superhero story um and to this day i still feel like it's one of the best superhero stories ever put on film uh whether it's licensed or not like he created these characters created this world um i thought it was fantastic and that unbreakable is my favorite m night Shyamalan movie hands down um and the the twist at the end where you find out glass is i mean it makes sense like watching it you're like oh like yeah that makes sense the total opposite polar opposites of each other but while you're watching it, you're not really thinking about that. Um, then he throws that at you. Yeah. And I also think that's also a good sign of a great filmmaker is a storyteller is that they can totally misdirect you, right? Like, I mean, you're not even be- being misdirected. It's just not giving you the answer you're looking for until the very end. You're like, oh, right. like. And then it's like, clearly. Yes. Yeah. But exactly. Then, yeah, exactly. I wasn't even, I was distracted with all this other stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, no, um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Unbreakable? Uh, I, I agreed. Um, it was, you know, I I grew up on superheroes. I've talked about this before. I was like raised on comic books, so it was at a time where there weren't really, you know, I think I don't I don't know had X Men even been released by this? Oh point? yeah, and so no, actually, I think the first X Men was. Was it also 2000 or was it? I think it might have been the same year. So let me see here. Um, X-Men. I think it's 2000 and... Do, 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 do. Uh, 2000. Yeah, it also came out 2000. So I, I mean, it, to me, it's irrelevant because I, I hated that first X-Men movie. Yeah. Um, being a huge like, diehard X-Men fan, I did not like the movies. Um mm-hmm. X2 was a better one, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just really cool. It was just so exciting because you leave the theater like, oh my god, that was a superhero movie. And they was like they treated it with like unironic, like mm-hmm. completely serious, um, you know, just really in a in a like they they I it wasn't tongue-in-cheek, and I think I kind of loved that about it. Um, and you know, it like at, at the time it was just completely out of left field like we were i was used to like you know the those god batman movies oh yeah um yeah. the schumacher movies so um i don't know it was it was just like a, a really kind of a breath of fresh air for me um i loved it um i still i still like looking back i i really really um it's exciting so you know i know we're, we're kind of going down the list but no when please, we, when please. We get, when we get to split like, yeah um, I would probably put split. I, I it might just be too fresh in my head, um, but having just seen it today, like literally today for the first time, mm. uh, it was fantastic. I, I think a lot of that has to go to James McAvoy. Oh um, my gosh, he was incredible God. in Split. One of the first things I I knew about my girlfriend when we first met was that her celebrity crush was James McAvoy. Um, Don't blame I, her. Me too. <laughs> Because yeah. Jesus Christ, he was so good in this. Yeah. Like there were times where I was like laughing but like in amazement of just he just this performance um and he'll do something like really subtle like i i don't remember the uh anyway it, it's it was fantastic so um i it was also a really cool story and kind of like a deep exploration on did um hmm. which which is you know making it a little fantastical but then you know add it to the world of unbreakable and i think that's makes for something really really interesting so Absolutely. No, for sure. And I completely agree. I just think it's an incredible film and uh, made two sequels to it, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> uh, well, one undercover sequel and one not so undercover sequel. Um, uh, so let, let's talk about Signs. Signs next. Uh, signs. Yes. Uh, again, it's it's like this dude's three for three at this point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Signs is... Honestly, I do think it's one of Mel Gibson's best performances and 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 Walking Phoenix both like them as mm-hmm. brothers is perfect casting 100%. Yeah. Um I think the kids are great. I don't remember who played the kids. Um it's they're probably some big actors now that I probably should know, but I probably don't for some reason. Um but anyways, I think it's a very very well done alien story and there's a you know I don't know if you, but it's been online quite a bit, especially Twitter. People are talking about the one scene that scared the crap out of them their whole lives. And it's always that scene where they're the the home recording of the alien and you just see it walking by real quick and it just kind of does that thing. And it's terrifying. It absolutely is terrifying. And 
I do think I, I do think the first time I watched it when you find out about the water, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, but it 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 works. Right. It works one hundred percent, and it's beautifully um, set up throughout swing. the movie. Yeah, um, Rory Culkin is one of them. Right. Oh, yeah. Abigail Breslin. Uh, Abigail. Yeah, okay, I knew it. I knew it was Abigail Breslin. I just didn't want to sound stupid and say it, but it is Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin as well. Um, she's fantastic too. I, I she's great. She's yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's it's such a powerful movie. It's a you know it's got all these you know it really dives into family and um, Mel Gibson's kind of this uh, ex priest or whatever that's kind of struggling with this faith, um, and I think that's kind of a whole other level to this movie, um, especially when you're dealing with otherworldly things that shouldn't that you know that that we you know, they should exist, but we don't know if they do. Um, I just thought it was a, a fantastic movie. Um, I, I, I just masterfully directed, uh, masterfully written and just fantastic alien invasion movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah. uh, same. I, I think like, because it, it's such an intimate family story, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like thinking of like, taking the idea of an alien invasion and just making it so, so small um, and so specific to like, you know, a very small number of characters, you know, it's it's a, it's a huge scope, but like, you know, it's a, it's a clean story. I I loved it. Um, You know, and I think like, I think that's the thing about his movies because of the twist, like it's, it's a different experience watching it the second time, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you kind of get to see the setup or you get to see like you're seeing it now from a different perspective so it's almost a completely different movie um yeah um like, like you said three for three um with um by the time we're at science so and that's yeah. what 2002 2002 um and then after that we move on to the village which is i feel like it's not I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a really, really well done movie. Um, but I think it's one of those movies that almost has become kind of a spoof of itself over the years, especially mm-hmm. the ending, right? Like when you find out, oh, it's it's today, <laughs> like, but they're living in this thing and everything. And I, I feel like that's kind of, I don't know if people doing it more often made it feel less thrilling or less interesting. Um, or if it just was less interesting when it happened, if that makes sense, right? Because like mm-hmm. I feel like now looking back on it, you see that twist and you're like, oh, like, yeah, it's today. There was what else were we watching? Oh, I don't okay, I don't even want to say it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone if they haven't seen it. But there's a movie recently that kind of did the same thing almost. Um, but me and my wife kind of called it to figure out. You know, we were like, oh, this is what's happening. This is like a village type situation. Kind of was because it wasn't, but for the most part, it was. Um, gosh, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil it. I don't even want to say the name of the movie because then it'll just blow it for everyone. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I thought the performance was great. Uh, again, Walking Phoenix is fantastic. Um, what did you think about the village? Were you a fan of the village? I, I do kind of feel like this was his first kind of, it was a step down from his last ones, but not. As I hardly as remember the village, and okay. I think it was one of those things where I was with a group of friends, and it was kind of, yeah. So, and I remember not really getting into it the way I got into the other ones. Um, I never hated it. I think I'm the same, same to it. Um, 
but yeah, I the the premise was like I think by the time like the reveal happened at the end, I, I missed too much, um, right? Because you know we were at a friend's house or something, so um, that happens. It was one of those movies, unfortunately. Okay, no, absolutely. Um, and this uh, brings us. So I have this thing marked in like a few different categories. So there's the big studio hits, and there's the downward spiral. Then there's the resurgence. Um, and I only yeah. say downward spiral. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on these movies because I don't like to bash people completely. Um, but I only say downward spiral because I feel like this is when the public and and everyone else just kind of started to lose faith in what he was doing um, because the quality of the work wasn't what it was once was. At, you know when he first came onto the scene um so lady in the water um have you seen have you seen lady in the water i've seen i think i think i've seen half of it okay i, I think i lost interest honestly. i think it's a, yeah I, the problem with lady in the water for me is it's it has a really interesting concept like i'm a sucker for these kind of magical fairy tale modern day fairy tales um you know people find you know a mermaid in their apartment complex and there's something about that that's super like sounds super interesting like it's to me it's just like yeah it's like a modern day you know fairy tale like you know modern day brothers grim story um but the characters were frustratingly bad <laughs> there's a one dude who was just like pumping iron with his yeah, arm and his arm was super arm. big i was like we didn't need that um i felt like it could have just been a lot more it was an intimate story because it did take place in that apartment complex, but I felt like it could have been a lot more intimate by taking away some of those characters and focusing on, or not even taking away the characters, but making them less characters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. making them actual people who are dealing with this very real situation where this person, this thing should not exist, but it does. And what would you do in that situation? Like, I think that's enough of a story and you don't have to add all these other layers to it. And I think um, it could have been done well. And I thought the performances were good. People were good in it. It just fell apart for me. And I was the same way as you. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't care for it much. I was yeah. like, kind of like blah. So um, we'll move past that one <laughs> to the happening. The happening. Uh, the happening is um, <laughs> again. We talked about it a little bit earlier. It's a, uh, it's a mess. It's a disaster. And I. I have a hard time completely 100% that he was trying to be 100% serious. I do. Part of me does believe that he knew exactly what he was making. It feels and like that watching it. I'm like, is this supposed yeah. to be a comedy? Like what? I, I feel like it's, it's supposed to be a B movie. Like I, I feel like it's supposed to be that way, but it doesn't come off that way. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like he was aiming for that, but I feel like he missed the mark if he was. And if he wasn't, he missed the mark. Either I mean, way, that, he missed that makes so much more sense because I feel like he's such a competent storyteller. He and is. Like in, in the happening, I still use it as an example in class of mm -hmm. like bad, like the, the, the number one rule in storytelling is show, not tell. And that breaks that rule so many times. Because how many times does it like cut to like, a news person like hey audience in case you missed this let me just explain right. it to you you know yeah um and, and and if it's supposed to be hacky and it's supposed to be a b movie then i guess that totally makes sense um but yeah it's like maybe then just push it a little bit further and absolutely direction. just do it if you're gonna do it yeah um, and the thing is that, the, you know, you have people like uh, Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo, right? You have these very well-established, good act. Well, for I mean, 
listen, Mark Wahlberg's not a bad actor. He he can <laughs> be good when he, he wants to be. He can be a yeah. really good actor. And I think one of the main people, like one of the main things people were talking about this movie were like, oh yeah, we can't, we can't take Mark Wahlberg seriously as this, you know, scientist professor guy. And I'm like, that's not the problem. Like, I think <laughs> he can do that just fine. I think it's the movie and everything. And uh, Zoe Deschanel, I'm a big fan of. I think she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. And John Leguizamo is one of my favorite people on the planet. That dude <laughs> can do anything. He literally can. Um, but this movie just, even at, a, it's only 90 minutes long. But it feels yeah. like I every time I think about that movie, I'm like, I'm not sitting through I, like that's an hour of my half and a half of my life. That's a four hour movie <laughs> that yeah. should, you know, that that feels like that. So, yeah, um, I don't know if that happening. Less said, the better. Um, it's not very good, um, which brings us to not even Avatar, the last bender, last airbender, just <sighs> the last airbender. Um Look, I, I, I've caught this movie in passing. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen it all the way through. Um, this movie came out. My little brothers were a huge fan of Avatar I, or, you know, Avatar, the animated series. I know they went to go watch it. Um, I don't even think they cared for it. I think my wife's a big Avatar fan as well. The animated. Uh, she has nothing but horrible things to say about this movie. And I think that seems to be the consensus. Um, did you watch it? Uh, no, I okay. nope. I see the thing is I, I I am well aware of Avatar and and its fan base. Um, I have had countless students in the past who just you gotta watch Avatar. The show is good. It. Like yeah. I haven't watched it all the way through, but I've seen pe- like. And a then lot there's of the it. spinoff with like Korra. I Korra, think. yeah, I think yeah. that's good too. And people said that that's amazing. Cool. Um, I tried watching this. I was like maybe. I already knew how much people hated it by the time I tried to watch it. And I'm like, maybe because I don't have the attachment to the cartoon, right. I might really like this. I didn't get through no, it. Um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that 100%. Um, that's how I felt about, uh, even though this isn't tied to any property, but After Earth starring Will Smith and his own son, Jaden Smith. Right, Jaden? Yeah. Um, I watched the first half of it. <laughs> I didn't finish it. Um, what about you? I didn't even give that one a try. Okay. Um, I just heard so many bad things about it. And I was already kind of off of the Will Smith train. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I grew up on Will Smith. Fresh oh, same. was like yeah. one of the biggest things. I've always said this. Like I, I get really emotional when I watch things. Um, and I'll joke that like I'll cry at a commercial. But like my example was it's like it's Will Smith for me. Like if I just turn on the TV and without context, I just see Will Smith crying. I will immediately start crying. Um, like good. I love really good. I love Will Smith. Um, yeah. but I I was kind of already off the Will Smith train by this time. Um, I also didn't care for Jaden. It looked interesting, like it had an interesting premise, but then every little thing that I saw about it, it was just like telling me not to watch it. So I never saw it. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so that's kind of the end of the downfall, right? Yes. The downward spiral. Between then, he produced a lot of stuff. Like he signed this uh, production, you know, he signed a, a deal with, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it uh, to produce a lot of movies. He did the movie Devil. Uh, he produced it and wrote the story for it, which is a bunch of people stuck in an elevator with the devil. Um, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, I remember, so one thing I specifically remember about that movie is the trailer. Yes, because every theater you were in that had that trailer, the second M. Night Shyamalan's name came up, <laughs> laughter would just 
flood through the theater. Ugh. Like at this point, everyone knows who M. M. Night Shyamalan is. Nobody wants to take him seriously. Like I, I felt bad for him. And I, I always, I have always said this and I always will say this. I, I do think that he is, and we've shown the, his last few movies, actually, you know, he's kind of made somewhat of a comeback, but I do think there is a movie in him that he is going to release and people, people's minds will be blown. I sincerely think he's a great storyteller. I think he's a great filmmaker. I just think that he chooses the wrong projects. Yeah. And I, I don't think he, he, he really, you know, I think for a while there, he was moving, doing the whole quantity over quality thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was just trying to make movies that he thought were interesting, make them real quick, get them out as low budget as possible, get them out and just kind of work through the machine that way. Um, so at this point, his whole, you know, again, we talked about this earlier, people were calling him the next Spielberg with his first three. That did not happen. Um, then he comes back with directing with a top secret movie nobody knew he was working on. Like even the studios were like, no one wanted to take the chance on him. So he made it in secret. He um, he showed it to Universal. Universal picked it up. And that is uh, The Visit. Um, have you seen The Visit, Christian? I have not seen The Visit. Okay. Um, uh, the Visit Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go, ahead. go on. No, The Vision is a found footage horror film. Uh, it's directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it's about basically these kids who go to visit their estranged grandparents for the weekend. Um, and weird stuff starts to go down. Um, and it's funny because the, the the kids in this movie were actually in, that, uh, in a movie recently called uh, Better Watch Out, um, which was this horror comedy or horror Christmas comedy. Um, and they play kind of opposite sides, but in this movie, they're playing brother and sister. Um, I personally did not know what to think watching this movie. I did not see it in theaters. I saw it when it came out to, um, I rented it. Um, I thought it was really, really well done. I thought it was an excellent found footage horror movie. And I felt like this was like his comeback. Like this was him saying, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is me now. And I was on board 100%. Uh, did you see it? You said you did. I, I actually think I have seen this now that I remember okay. because I'm looking at the cast and I remember Catherine Hahn and yeah. I remember the premise of this. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. Yeah. I remember just being excited because hearing that, like, you know, this is M. Night's like return mm-hmm. to form. Um, this is kind of the big one. And yes, this is, I would also agree, is the beginning of the upswing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say it's like a, an excellent movie, but I mean, but. I'm a sucker for found footage movies. First of all, like I will watch you give me a found footage horror movie. I will watch eight, nine, 10 paranormal activity <laughs> movies. Like I've seen every single one in theaters and I love them all. Um, give me found footage. And this fit perfectly into what I love. It's just that found footage horror. Um, even something like Cloverfield Cloverfield. I absolutely adored. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so this was a good one, right? Like this was good. This was very, very well done. Um, and then we get split, uh, which we talked a little bit about earlier. James McA- James McAvoy, right? McAvoy, yeah. McAvoy, yeah. Um, plays a person with uh, multiple personalities. Um, he's, you know, the whole the movie's just kind of bizarre, right? Like it's kind of it's crazy. He kidnaps this girl. I I've, I saw it a while back, so you'll have to forgive me if you've <laughs> seen it more recently. Please jump in. Um, and he, she's kind of dealing with all of his different personalities, correct? Right. She, that, that was kidna- kind of he kidnaps three girls. Kidnaps three. That's correct. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Um, this 
twists. So you get through the movie and credits roll. You're like, okay, like that was cool. That was fun. Like, I won't say fun because it was really disturbing, but I thought, <laughs> like we talked about earlier, his performance was great. I thought it was really good. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then you get to that, it was the end credit scene, right? Like it, a mid credit scene where you, mm-hmm. you know, you watching the news stuff and then the pa- camera is panning out. And then you see Bruce Willis sitting there, like talking about, you know, uh, what someone asks him, oh, wasn't there this other guy that this kind of same thing happened yeah. to or whatever? He's like, Glass. His name Mr. is Glass. Mr. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> I like I literally when I was watching that because people had told me like people didn't tell me what happened but they're like just sit through the credits sit through the credits sit through the credits okay I'll sit through the credits again this is one I didn't see in theaters but it's it's one that I rented I waited that long I stayed uh, any kind of spoilers I avoided got to that scene I literally I jumped up (laughs) and looked at my wife and I was like what is happening because she She's an M. Night Shyamalan fan too, but I don't think she really kind of connected. I don't even know if she was really watching it, to be honest. I think she might have been playing her game or something. But um, that that was enough of a twist for me to get excited for what this movie was. I was like, this is unbreakable. You know, this is going to lead to something bigger. This is going to lead to something better. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about Split? I, I James, James McAvoy's performance is just... Like I can't, I've always respected that man as an actor. The guy is an incredible, but oh, like that has a lot of heavy lifting throughout this movie, man. And like he, there, there's like one scene and this is kind of spoilery. It's, it's already at the end of the movie, but like, he's like, it's, it's the horde. Right. And there's like a couple of like main personalities, but like the, the camera pans from like mirror to mirror. And every time it passes to a different mirror, he's like his oh, I love that personality scene. changes. And like the way he can just like turn it on and like just jump into the 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 different personalities. And like watching him like closely, like even like his like the physicality that he has for yeah. each personality, and like even just his mouth movements, like he he moves his mouth differently for different personalities. Um, there was like an older lady, and she's just like She's so subtle and like her facial expressions. I just God, if you if you're a fan of James McAvoy and you haven't seen Split, like you gotta watch Split. Yeah, Split's Split's amazing. Split's really well done. Um, and I think that movie was like, okay, M. Night Shyamalan's back. Like yeah. he back <laughs> yeah. in my good graces. Um, now even with saying that, and even with saying about how I think he's an incredible filmmaker, and I do think he will make a movie that will blow people away someday um, like he did early on in his career. Um, I have not seen his last two films, which so I think that's saying a lot because I was on board back with him. I was back on board with him, um, but I didn't bother with his last two because I don't know if it has something to do with what he did previously or whatnot, but I glass it, it caught my interest at first, but, and listen, I'm not the type of person to listen to critics as much, right? So if someone says a movie's bad, I'm still going to watch it, especially if I really want to watch it. Right. But it didn't get me to that point to where like I still had to watch it no matter what. I still plan on watching it. I think that team up of Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and James McAvoy is incredible. 
Um, but I have not seen it yet. Um, so I'm like 20 good. minutes into it. Okay. Because right I, I finished I finished it um, or split. I finished earlier today. And then immediately I'm like, okay, I was on Amazon already. I'm like, oh, let me just rent this one too. Um, the thing with, with split, if you've seen it, it's like right from the beginning, right from the beginning, it, it, it gets you like, just, just like he did. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you're, you're kind of enthralled immediately with it. Um, I did not feel that with glass so far, who knows? I might end up loving this movie. Um, I think I might need to start it over, but yeah, it's, it's sitting at a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll check it out someday. Yeah. Um, and then that leads us to his more, more most recent work, um, again, which is another one I unfortunately have not seen yet, which is Old. Um, now, Old is one of those movies that I've been trying to get to go see. I just haven't got around to seeing it yet. Um, I know it's on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just haven't got around to seeing it yet. And this um, movie is about a family. They go on vacation and they go to this beach and it turns people, well, old very old um the cast is incredible like right so you got gail garcia bernal which we love here yeah um christy creeps a uh, rufus sewell i think rufus sewell is just amazing like i i don't i was actually looking through his filmography the other day and i was like where do i love him from <laughs> like i knew there's something um but he's done everything you know dark city is one of my favorite um kind of 90s movies um <laughs> dark city is fantastic mm-hmm. a knight's tale legend of zorro um judy the holiday he's done all of these great movies i just think he's a great actor in pretty much anything he does um yeah you know uh alex wolf who's fantastic he was uh i love pig i don't know if you saw pig uh last in 2021 pig came out with nicholas cage uh alex wolf was in that and he was i heard it was so good i did not see it unfortunately. that was my favorite movie of 2021 uh go watch it like you have to watch okay it. <laughs> pig is absolutely wonderful i love that movie and it was shot up here in the pacific northwest and they captured it just beautifully takes place in portland it's just it's a fantastic movie uh thomason mckenzie who I think is fan, well, Jojo Rabbit. Yes. that's She's incredible. And just uh, all these other fantastic people. Um, I just have not got around to seeing it. And honestly, it's not because of what, you know, people have said or critics or whatever. My wife wants to watch it too. And trying to get us both to be able to sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. You know how it is. It's yeah. a little bit difficult. It's an intriguing plot. I also have not seen it. Um, I did watch a couple of very in-depth. I mean, I've gotten the whole thing spoiled for me. I've watched right, a right. couple of in-depth reviews of it. Um, and, you know, like, uh, sometimes, I don't know if you ever watch uh, the pitch meeting videos on oh, YouTube. Yeah, those are fantastic. I love that guy, um, yeah. George George Ryan, or Ryan George. Um, he's so funny. Um, I, you can tell, like, when a movie's really good because he he struggle he's like reaching to find right. something ridiculous um but when there's something ridiculous it's like really easy and i stupidly watched his pitch meeting oh for did that. you uh and i was like that's dumb but i can't <laughs> I, I shouldn't base it on pitch meeting that's it's a piece right. it everything dumb so um but anyway anyway um i do want to see because i do love um rufus sewell like Man in the High Castle, if you guys have never seen Man Oh, that's right. He was in that. I have not seen that yet either, but I hear that is crazy. amazing. Crazy. I, I was watching that simultaneously while playing Wolfenstein. Oh. Um, 
Well, yeah, which is super crazy. Um, Doesn't it have really, Stephen really Root cool. in it too? Like, I love Stephen Root. Stephen, Stephen Root's Root, one dude, of like, oh my god. I have god. a hard time with him though, because I always just think Stapler, man. Yeah, Stapler. Um, he is fantastic in Barry. Um, if you guys don't, okay, watch Barry's Barry. another one I've been need to. I've to only watch. seen the first two seasons, but that was like I, I I'll swear by Barry. Like the first two seasons of that was some of the best television. Like HBO's like little secret. Like all the dragon stuff is cool, but like they got right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot oh, of cool. Stuff. Well, yeah. Well, old is on uh, HBO Max. You can also rent it. Um, and let us know what you guys think about all these movies too. Obviously, we are not the determining factor <laughs> yes. for M Night Shyamalan. Um, please, uh, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts and then what you guys think about M Night Shyamalan. If you guys are fans, what are your favorite movies? Um. You know, what are your least favorite movies of his? Um, and do you still think he has potential moving forward? Which, again, I'm not, I, I completely mean, meant what I said earlier. I do think he's a wonderful filmmaker. Uh, he seems like an all around just solid dude, like just trying to make movies. Trying, he's making a living doing what he loves. And I cannot mm-hmm. bash anybody for that, no matter how, how much I do not care for some of their movies. <laughs> they're doing it and I'm not. So yeah. kudos to them. Um, I think that about wraps up our um, M Night Shyamalan discussion. I think uh, Cabin in the Cabin on or Knock on the Cabin looks. I think it looks great. We'll yes. check it out. Um, that is one I will be seeing in theaters, um, and hopefully have a review for you guys, and we'll be able to talk about it. So, um, yeah, so definitely check that out when that releases. Um, so yeah, I think we're pretty much towards the end of the show, man. Like, uh, what have you been doing recently? What have you been watching? Do you have any recommendations? Do you have I, that people should go out there and, and check out or do right now? Do this thing. I do this thing where if I get like a really cool action figure, I will like just di- just dive headfirst into all of that stuff. Please. I, I just bought this on a lark, like this really cool Predator figure. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I love the first Predator movie. I like since my childhood, I've loved that movie. Um I went back and I binged watched all of the Predator movies. Um, I have a new appreciation for the second movie, but I've in the last two days have rewatched Prey twice. Um, oh, nice! God, I love that movie. Like I'm, ooh, I might like it better than the original. Um, that's how much I like it. So, um, if you guys haven't seen Prey, it's on Hulu. You guys can watch it yeah. there. Uh, fantastic! Like really, really well done. And sad that they didn't release it in theaters. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. Um, I've been really watching. I recently, actually today, I re-picked up, uh, so I had it for the Wii U. I picked up Breath of the Wild for the Switch. Nice. Um, I'm getting really, really excited to play it again. Uh, I played it uh, I played it all the way through on the Wii U. I really absolutely loved it. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in May, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, March, I think it's I think it's May. Yeah, the sequel, the direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, and I'm so, that's my number one anticipated game of the year. I cannot wait for that. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um so yeah, I've been replaying that. I'm excited for that. So if you guys haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, like I don't know where you've been. And if you don't have a Switch, completely understandable, but like definitely this game is incredible. And one thing I love about it is that it's such a simple, it's I, I don't even want to say I don't want to say it's an easy game, but it's a simple game because there's not a, there is story, right? And and there's the it's super open world. And and the cool thing is like you you know i i tried it too they're like you can go straight to ganon if you want and see yeah <laughs> right from um, the beginning. and i literally just like it's like seconds before he just demolished me and uh 
you can do what you want. You kind of go at your own pace, kind of do your own thing, cook some food. Uh, you might cook some good food. You might cook some bad food. Who knows? Um, it's just a wonderful experience all the way through. And uh, I think it's fantastic. It's it's one of my favorite games of the past like 10 years. Like it's just, it's such a masterfully done, just beautiful game. So um, yeah, I don't have to tell you guys how great Zelda is, but if you haven't checked out Breath of the Wild, check it out. Um, and also don't forget, you know, to like, and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this to really, really helps us a lot. Don't forget to share. Um, and yeah, we like to hear from you guys. So don't hesitate to, to, to reach out to us. Um, you guys know where to find us uh, Christian Nakorda. You can find them on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yep. Yeah. TikTok. I'm on, I'm on all of them. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm on all those as well. Kevin underscore Hoskinson. You can find me at any of those. Um, check out some cool Lego videos. Check out our Lego podcast every other week on Pastrami Nation. Check out the Pastrami Nation podcast every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Uh, you can find it on Twitter you, or you can find it on YouTube, uh, Facebook, um, Twitch now. We're on Twitch. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, guys. So that wraps it up for uh, this show. Again, Happy New Year's. I hope you guys are having a good one so far. And I hope you guys have a very prosperous and happy 2023. And, you know, Christian, as always, make sure to keep it nerdy. Bye. Bye.